This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. And now we'll transition over to the part of the show where, where you guys are interviewing us, essentially. It is our Twitter mailbag segment, which uh, I know we all love taking part in. Uh, so let's dive into these questions. The first one is from Mario underscore powers underscore up. And Brian, Mario is asking, which storyline do you predict will be completely overblown after the first day of camp? Which I like. I like this question because, uh, you know, we're, we all have a tendency to, to, to get a little emotional about these things. So, so what do you think is, is the first thing that has the potential to be overblown? Not necessarily as a legitimate thing, but maybe something we... We get a little tense about after the first day of practice that we look back and went like, okay, that we, we shouldn't have reacted so heavily to that. Tyler Smith. That's where that's, he lines up. That's what I was at. That's where I was going. I was just as anything about Tyler Smith in general. Any, any Tyler Smith news. If all of a sudden it's, he took eight reps at left guard. He took 15 reps at left tackle. He took two reps at right tackle. You know, we'll overblow it. We'll find a way to overblow it. And I, that all eyes will be on that because we'll see. We'll see with the what happens with Connor McGovern. I just really am surprised that Connor McGovern got opportunity, you know, didn't shine well in his opportunity, and you know, be- became a you know a blocking guard fullback in the backfield, and kind of that's what he was doing. He there was really no thought about putting him back in there, but we've yet to see uh, Tyler Smith really just settle in the one spot he's you know he's kind of I think that's the thing that we're going to probably overblow in camp he'll figure it out and then when we get ready to play Tampa Bay then it'll be where it needs to be not just uh you know where he's lining up but I'm sure yeah we'll have our moments where it's oh he got beat and that's going to make us nervous or or we'll have you know we've talked so much about him stonewalling Micah Parsons on that rep right well well, that just happens a lot of times with these first round picks we'll be locked into everything and I'm sure a lot of it'll be overblown until it's not overblown you know until they until they're Mm -hmm. Micah Parsons out there on the field and then we go oh we were right to freak out about all the the stuff we saw in training camp uh next question here from Ernie can you see this team shifting back to a run-first offense with Cooper gone and Gallup out, throwing the Tyler Smith pick? Looks like there's a real, possi- real possibility the strength of the offense could end up being the interior O-line. Um, I know Tony Romo gave an interview this week. He similarly talked about how he thought they were – his anticipation was they were going to shift back to a run-heavy offense. Uh, Brian, I don't know that run-heavy is what they'll do, but I do think that they'll become – a little more balanced. I think that there is going to be a greater emphasis on the run game, but I, I don't think it's going to be like it was in 2016 where it was the Zeke show all the time. Use the correct word, balance. Balance helps the offense. Balance helps the play caller. Balance helps the quarterback. So anything that they can do, I've, I'm one of these that have always believed Dak Prescott, when he's 21 of 29 for 262 yards, three touchdowns, no interception, is the best Dak Prescott. 
And but when it's Dak Prescott, 402, two touchdowns, two interceptions, you know, a lot high numbers and stuff. I just don't think that's the best way for Dak Prescott to play football. The balance, I think, helps. It helps the line. It helps the play caller. It surely helps the quarterback. Next question here is from Jay, and I think this is a really interesting question. Hopefully I'm interpreting this right. Uh, Jay says, if Dak runs for five to seven yards and slides on third down two or three times a game, how does that impact the way defenses look at our running game going forward? And so I, I believe what he's just asking about here is if Dak is running the ball again, how does that change the perception or, or how defenses guard against him? But I'm going to add a little bit to that and say that specific part about five to seven yards and slides. Because you remember, he wasn't always a slide guy. He was nope. a, you know, stiff arm to Josh Norman. So let's Shoulder, talk about... Yeah. Lower head. So yeah. when we look at him running again, how could the running game aspect being brought back into Dak's game help the offense? But then adding to that... If he's running, but he's not quite the same physical runner and that teams don't feel like he's a threat to go 20 yards down the field, does that potentially limit any of it? No, I think the fact that if if Dak runs for five to 10 yards twice a game, that's two more first downs you have right there if you really think about things. Yeah. And anything to keep the ball, keep defense off field, maintain drives, anything to wear the opponent's defense down, uh, keep them guessing, hey, I can't play man coverage. This quarterback might take off running. Look what Lamar Jackson does for the Ravens when he runs the ball. I mean, it, it's it's just a different, it's just a different thing. Running quarterbacks, uh, Allen, Josh Allen in, in Buffalo, when these quarterbacks that have the ability to scramble and get first downs, it's devastating for the defense. It wears them down. They have to face more plays. So, yeah, I don't think the defense – they'll look at you differently because it's like, damn, you know, we're on the field now an extra 15 to 18 plays because Dallas has been able to convert on some third downs and keep some drives going. I think that's the main thing that we have to talk about here. Interesting note here before we move on. Uh, you look at Dak's first down rushing uh, throughout his career. 2016, he had 21 first downs. 2017, he had 29. 2018, he had 25. 2019, he had 19 first downs running. 2020 in five games, he had eight. 2021 in 16 games, he had seven. He had a career low in yeah. running first downs coming off a year where he played five games. I, I think that speaks to just how much he minimized the running. In addition to the fact that you look at the first, uh, you know, five years of his career, he was averaging five yards per attempt, and last year he averaged three. And so definitely the running game, uh, Dak's running ability, that aspect of his game was minimized last year and, and had an impact on the offense. Good question there from Jay. Uh, next question here from uh, Mr. Bombay at two Shanes. True. Uh, he asks, is there a reason why everyone is riding off Simi Fihoko? He had great size and speed. And from the limited targets he had at Stanford, hands look good. Can he be a viable third or fourth receiver? I think that the Cowboys would love for him to step up and be a big time contributor. I think they believe in, uh, the skill set that he has, the size, speed, parameters, I think all that is, is something that they're really big fans of. You talk to some people over there, and it sounds like their issues maybe some consistency. Like, we got to see it really consistently. And I think we, I think you've referenced that. I think we saw that at some of these practices from him. Some days he looked really good. Some days it wasn't. Um, I think they believe in his work ethic. Uh, it's just it's got to become a little more consistent for him. But the skill set is there. 
one of the toughest receivers I ever evaluated, you know, coming out of Stanford, he watched that UCLA game and he, they targeted him. I mean, he basically carried him in that football game. You know, it didn't matter whether he was covered or there was separation. I think Simi Vahoko got a little bit uh, thinking that things were going to be pretty easy for him. And they're really not, you know, he's, he needs to come in here with the type of attitude is, you know, he's got to stay healthy. All these receivers, all these young receivers have got to, pardon the expression, grow a pair, you <laughs> know, because they've, you know, this is, this is not easy. This is a tough game. These receivers are, they run all day. They get beat up. They, it's a struggle. And if you don't have the mental toughness, I really thought coming out of Stanford, when you, you know, I, I've worked with David Shaw, who's the head coach at Stanford. He, he, he is a tough guy. So kids from Stanford are generally tough kids. Simi Fajoko didn't play like he was a tough kid. And I think that's something that needs to, he needs to kind of revert back to those days uh, of playing like he did when he was at Stanford. Uh, we got a question from at Titanic Gambler. He says, what is the biggest reason to be optimistic about this season? What is the biggest reason to be pessimistic about this season? His answers are he's optimistic about the young core continuing to mature, pessimistic about the lack of depth in key offensive spots, offensive line, receiver, tight end. I think the most optimistic things for me are going to be, I think the the offensive line is better. I think it's a better group this year. Uh, and I think that Dak is going to be healthier, and I think that that hampered them. And so if your quarterback is healthier, then that alone is going to help. The, the thing that I think you have to be a little pessimistic about is they've taken a gamble on the fact that they went for culture changes over or culture improvements over talent improvements. If you want to just look in a vacuum, I think on paper, they are not as talented as they were last year overall. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, I think I, my uh, thing I look forward to or really like about what the so far this season would be or what we're about to embark on is the defensive coaching staff. Mm -hmm. The thing I'm pessimistic about is the offensive coaching staff because uh, there's still a lot of questions about when you start to talk about Kellen Moore. And the more you really dive in, I mean, we've I've talked to some really smart guys and gals around the league about Kellen Moore and ideas and they're they're like, hey, he's a good play caller. He's still a young guy and all that. Well, I don't need him to be a young guy anymore. I need him to be Kellen Moore, the badass coordinator he was for eight weeks last year, you know, where things were, you know, but you could talk about the line and the health and all this, that, and the other, and, you know, how it played out. But he's got to be more creative. He has got to be, he's got to find ways to do what Dan Quinn did on defense last year. And that's take guys that nobody gave a chance to hell. Uh, you know, guys like Curse and others. And, you know, look what he did with Parsons. I mean, nobody ever thought Parsons would be an effective rush end. They believed he could be. You know, I don't know any, any scouts. I mean, I talk to scouts all the time around the league. It's like, hey, did you guys see that, that Parsons is going to be that type of a pass rush? And they're like, no, no way. So 
I am optimistic about Dan Quinn and the coaching staff on defense. I'm a little pessimistic about what's going on with that offensive staff. We'll see. You mentioning that offensive staff. I do think that if Kellen Moore continues to struggle and Mike McCarthy isn't able to step up and have a greater hand in that new group, and not only, not only a new group, I'm going to hope that Dak Prescott feels comfortable enough in what he's seen out there pre-snap this year, that he'll take care of it at the line. I hope so. Um, I hope so too. Next question here. we got two more. Next one from at Dallas underscore Golay says, do you guys expect Kelvin Joseph to be punished slash suspended to start this season? I haven't heard any rumblings about Kelvin Joseph being punished, but I just, I know the way the league operates. So I would be surprised if he didn't get punished in some sort of respect. Uh, Mm -hmm. It's interesting. uh, ESPN on uh, Tuesday had a, or or on Monday had a, a report out about ranking the NFL second year breakout candidates for 2022. And their number nine was Kelvin Joseph, which I thought was very interesting uh, because there's going to need to be a lot more trust built there before he gets any sort of an opportunity. Yeah, I uh, keep an eye on what happens to league. I think Zeke got his suspension while we're in training camp. Yep, he did. But usually when the league is interested in punishing players, it comes down to the final cut. And you'll see on the waiver wire, there'll be, and this could same thing should, can, can happen to Deshaun, uh, Deshaun Watson, Watson yeah. the same way. We'll get the waiver wire and it'll say, so-and-so was suspended four games for this. So-and-so was suspended three games for this. So-and-so was suspended for this. So they might not tell you the whole time you're at training camp and then the very final cut, then you lose a guy for you know four weeks or six weeks or something like that. Final question here from uh, Chris Espinoza, and I wanted to make this the last one so we could have a little bit of time to – because it's a little broad to be able to to flesh it out. His question's very broad. It's how far away are the Cowboys from winning a Super Bowl, Brian? And I think that a large part of figuring out how, how far away the Cowboys are from winning a Super Bowl depends on how much growth we see from the offensive line here, uh, how how accurate their evaluation of CeeDee Lamb being ready to be a one and Jalen Tolbert, their draft evaluation there, how, how accurate those were. Um, if, if those are correct, if the if they were right about Tyler Smith, if Tyron Smith is healthy, if Jalen Tolbert's the guy they think he is and CeeDee Lamb's able to step up and be a number one receiver, then they are a contending Super Bowl team. Um, mm-hmm. and, and then at that point, if they're not contending and all those things are correct, I think you then have to look at, then they are a, a good coaching staff away from being a Super Bowl contender. Yeah, I feel like that, Bobby, we're about to be in a situation. I think they're going to be in a dogfight to see if they win the division, much less win the Super Bowl. Could be. So, yeah, I, and I think that when you start to talk about the talent, they made some big swings at some stuff, you know, but it might mean that defensively it's the same staff that figures it out. Offensively, the staff doesn't figure it out. There's a coaching change. It's an offensive coach. Uh, the defensive staff stays. You know, we'll see. I think there's going to be a lot of moving parts. If this thing doesn't start well, uh, the 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 hot seat uh, for Mike McCarthy can only only get warmer, and what's going to happen? It's going to get worse because every week you're going to have Sean Payton on Fox having to try and answer those questions as it uh, as the season unfolds. Yeah, and look, I think just to close things up here, uh, it, you know, 2014, which is a team that is was one of their best shots at a Super Bowl in terms of being a contender. Uh, the start of that season, nobody that people thought that was a five win team. 
Um, yeah. and, and one of the teams that we thought in the last 20 years had the best chances of contending for a Super Bowl. I think they were Super Bowl favorites coming out of training camp. It was tw- 2008, um, the year after the 07 season, and they ended up missing the playoffs completely. And yeah. so, uh, you know, it's an any given Sunday type of league. Uh, so we'll see. But I, I do think that the talent overall, if they click on the line and they click on the receivers, then their talent is close. It'll just be a large question of where is this I think it's staff yeah at? I think the I think the players could perform but I do worry again about the staff that's where I worry that that's my biggest concern like you you mentioned that it, it might be a it might be a coaching staff away and another draft and maybe some free agency you know which they won't do but maybe it's going to take a different direction that way to make it happen uh, we appreciate you guys joining us here on the Love the Star. We'll be back again with you on Thursday, counting down training camp, because, uh, you know, next week we'll, we'll be in Oxnard bringing these podcasts. For Brian Broaddus, I'm Bobby Belts. We will talk to you again on Thursday.